Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Hosea chapter 2 again, 14 through 23. We're going to finish out this chapter. You remember in the first part of that chapter yesterday, it talked about Israel's unfaithfulness and how it was going to be punished by God. And Hosea is using the metaphor, God is using the metaphor of an unfaithful wife to her husband. Uses the word whore many times, and that's maybe a little bit sharp to our ears, but that's what uh, God chose to put in his word to make a real clear picture of what we're talking about, how serious this grievance is against the Israelites who have turned against him, who have been unfaithful, who have worshiped other gods. And at the end of that, we're going to see that despite the fact that he's judging and punishing his people, he's going to show mercy on them. That's what this this section is about in verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. I'll bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her, and there I will give her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope, and there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. Do you remember way back when we did the Exodus and the Exodus out of Egypt and how I talked about how this is such a huge event in in the history of God's people, it will be referred to over and over and over throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. Here's another reference to it. Uh, Things are going to be restored as when they were when she, Israel, came out of the land of Egypt. Verse 16, and in that day declares the Lord, you will be called my husband and no longer will you call me my Baal. Baal, of course, is a false god that they worshiped. He's going to make it clear that they are going to understand God to be his correct self, worshiping him as he is, not as some false god conflating him with the gods of the other peoples of the land, etc. For I will remove the names of Baals from her mouth. They shall be remembered by name no more. And I will make for them a covenant on that day with the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, and the creeping things of the ground. And I will abolish the bow, the sword, war from the land. And I will make you lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. It's interesting that he says he's going to betroth this bride to himself, his people to himself in righteousness and justice. They had no idea what that was going to look like. How is he going to betroth us in righteousness? How are we going to be made right? How are we going to be made perfect? Well, what they didn't know that God had in mind from the very beginning was that he was going to send his own son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life and then to die paying the penalty for sin and to rise again, defeating sin, death, the power of the devil, so that anybody, including you or me, who puts their faith and trust in what Jesus Christ lived and what he accomplished through his death and resurrection, they'll be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. That's how he's going to betroth his people in righteousness. He's going to give his righteousness to them by faith. Incredible. Verse 21, and in that day I will answer, declares the Lord, I will answer the heavens and they shall answer the earth and the earth shall answer the grain, the wine and the oil. They shall answer Jezreel and I will sow her for myself in the land and I will have mercy on no mercy. Remember one of the kids' names back in chapter one was no mercy. And I will say to 
not my people. That's the name of the other child. You are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. So obviously, Hosea, God, through Hosea, is foreshadowing that a day is going to come after this punishment is over, where his people are restored back to him. Of course, again, what we know, because we're further down the historical timeline than they were at this time, we know that there will be a remnant of his people who go through destruction in the northern kingdom and captivity in the southern kingdom, who will return to God. They'll be faithful to him. They'll come back to Jerusalem. They'll rebuild the wall, rebuild the temple, restore the the biblical covenantal worship practices. So this will be fulfilled in part in a relatively short time frame, a few hundred years. But this will be fulfilled fully and completely at the end of time when the people who trust Christ have been given the righteousness of Christ and have had their penalty of death marked paid because of what Christ did on the cross and will be filled with and in the recipients of steadfast love and mercy, just like it says in verse 19. Another thing that's interesting about this text right here, if you look at chapter 2 in the ESV, and, and this is probably reflected in other translations, there are three therefores. So this starts out, chapter 2, about Israel's unfaithfulness being punished. The first therefore is, therefore, verse 6, I will hedge up her way with thorns. I'll build a wall against her so that she cannot find her path. So that is a therefore of punishment. The second therefore is another therefore of punishment. Verse nine, therefore, I will take back my grain in its time and my wine in its season, and I will take away my wool and my flax, which were to cover her nakedness. So there's another therefore of judgment. Now here's the third therefore, which is the beginning of the passage we read today, verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. This is the language of a husband who is restoring his unfaithful wife. He will woo her. He will allure her, bring her into the wilderness, speak tenderly to her. And so this punishment and this judgment. Why, why, why does God have to punish these people? Why can't he just overlook this stuff? Well, there's at least two reasons. The first one we've talked over and over about. God is righteous and he's holy. He cannot be in the presence of sin. He cannot tolerate sin whatsoever, and it must be punished. It's not mean that he's punishing sin. It would be unjust if he didn't, and it would compromise his very character if he didn't. So that's the first reason. The second reason, and there's probably more, but the the second reason is because through punishment, people are going to be drawn back to him. This is going to be the way that he gets their attention to the point where they turn back to him and where faithfulness is restored. And so think about this with our kids. A lot of kids, a lot of parents today, kind of soft, I think, who don't want to punish their kids too bad. We're too worried about self-esteem. God wasn't worried about self-esteem as much as he was worried about eternity, like, let's get this problem fixed. Let's let's deal with this before we lose these people forever. And we need to have the same mentality. We, we discipline our children because we love our children. The Bible says the Lord disciplines those he loves. We as godly parents should be the same way. We don't relish the fact that we're punishing our kids. We don't love this. But we love the result of punishment that, Lord willing, it will teach our kids just like God through punishment of his people and his His chastisement of us helps us to let go of the idols that we chase after and 
stay out of the ditch and stay out of trouble so we can live an abundant life serving Him. Amen? Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.